what's up guys it's andrea today silkworms infect the transporters chief o'brien is a good friend then a really bad one and we ask the question why the heck are the crew members worms stay tuned Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Today, we're talking Season 6, Episode 2, Realm of Fear. This episode was written by Brandon Braga and directed by Cliff Bull. Lieutenant Barkley has a paralyzing fear of the transporter and is convinced that he's being attacked by a creature inside the beam. What are your initial thoughts on this episode, Sharice? So even though this is a Barclay episode, I vaguely remember this episode. And what I remember the most is are the giant creepy worms in the transporter mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that was terrifying as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and I sure talked earlier is. about one of the episodes, Schisms, that freaked you out as a kid. This was the yeah. episode that freaked me out as a kid. I was like, giant worm, giant worm. Like it was just <laughs> bad CGI or not, doesn't matter. So I remember that, and I also remember overall liking the episode because it was one of those, like, one of the crew members is crazy. Oh, no, wait, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my initial thought. What about you? I, my initial thoughts were silkworms in the transporter. That's it. That's all I pictured. <laughs> and <laughs> That's I'm, the main idea. <laughs> yeah, there's these, like, silkworms in the transporter, and Barclay is freaking out about it. I'm not super excited about this episode, to be honest, because we... this is the last time I'm going to use like a feast uh, analogy, but like, you know, the last few weeks I'm like, Oh, this is like a Thanksgiving feast or like, this is just dessert. You know what this is? This is the lettuce cleanse after you ate too much at Thanksgiving and and the holidays. And you're like, now I need to like lose a few pounds because I like overdid it. That's what this feels like. And it's not, (laughs) it's not my favorite. I got to be honest. Like, (laughs) so we've had these like really rich episodes the last few weeks. And then suddenly one, you got to deal with Barclay and two, it's like silkworms attacking him in the trans porter which is like okay um can we go back to like time zero or like (laughs) you know any of those but all right (laughs) um and i do have just a little bit of trivia about the story but i will um give it to us in the end once we've kind of gone through the whole thing but the opening shot this week's episode is actually really beautiful. It's like a star being consumed, like a like a star is consuming another star. It's like plasma, and they call mm-hmm. it a plasma streamer. It looks really familiar, though, doesn't? And I couldn't quite place like which episode it was. Did you by any chance? Yeah, it was the episode with the stupid egg. Um, <gasps> you're right. Yeah, where it was the same thing, but the planets were different colors. I think it was red and blue, or something like that. And this one was white and red, or yeah. Something. In any case, beautiful. Beautiful, Mm -hmm. gorgeous, love it, not tired of it. (laughs) Mm -mm. Give me more. I'm good. Plasma Stream, what a cool name. That's not what it, that's not, it didn't have a name last time. It was because they were trying to throw the egg into it. It was called something else. Maybe it did have a name, but it's called something else. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a a really cool name. So um, yeah, we start out with a ship that has been stuck in the stream, which that's not good. Um, And because this stream is full of plasma and also lots of ionic interference. Okay. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Tracks. It tracks. They can't use any tractor beams. They can't use any shuttles because the shuttle, I mean, if the whole ship was sucked into the, into the stream, a shuttle will easily be sucked into the stream. Good thing about this stream though, is apparently even though it's moving, the ship inside of it is not moving. Mm-hmm. So it just pulls you in and you stay still. So that's kind of nice. Cause in the other episode with the egg, you would get sucked into that collapsing star and then yeah. crushed to death. So at least we didn't yeah. have that fear factor. We didn't have any of that. So we didn't have any of that. There was, yes. there was just one storyline. We didn't throw in some A, some B, C, D, E plots. Um, but what that did for us was it gave us this kind of super creepy ghost ship floating in space, which I thought yeah. was very, very cool. So Barclay recommends let's, let's put the transporters together Let's put the Enterprise transporter with the USS Yosemite transporter. Mm-hmm. We'll connect them, and that should be able to cut through the beam because, you know, transporter magic. So Jordy's like, great idea. Going to need you. Let's go. And Reg is like. Maybe maybe Ensign Smith can go, and I'll stay here and, like, manipulate the buttons. Yeah. Is what I'll be doing. I think buttons are very important. So someone's got to watch Oh, Brian is like, I get it. You got to push that button. Yeah, He's like, you're right. That's true. If anybody knows the importance of a button to your life and roll on the Enterprise, it's me. Yes. And and Jordy's like, Reg, 
like Ensign Smith can do that. Like, let's go. Like, he's like, we gotta, this was your idea. Let's go. Which, of course, Barkley's like, okay, note to self, don't come up with any more ideas. Seriously, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've done that at a job before where I've come up with a great idea and somehow it ended up with like, it just ended up with more work for me and it just was horrible. And I was like, okay, note to self, great ideas, <laughs> hang on to those, just hang on to them. Write them um, down. Yeah. <laughs> write them down, look at them, enjoy them. Maybe don't share them. Maybe don't write them because other people could find them. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so we get to the transporter room and now we see Chief O'Brien who actually, you know, this is first cameo in season six because this is barely the second episode, but I yeah. don't remember seeing him almost at all in season five. So even though I feel like he's in every single episode, he's really not. Mm-hmm. Um, although he was in season two and it was really weird. Anyways. So we see O'Brien, we go to the transporter room and O'Brien's explaining to them that because of the interference, this transport is going to be a little different from how it normally is. It's going to take twice as long as it normally does, which will be about four to five seconds instead of like one to two seconds. Um, And it may be like a little bit bumpy, not as smooth. Everyone's like, okay, fine. And Reg, poor Reg. I feel so bad for him. I mean, this actor crushed it in this scene. He is sweating. He is shaking. Mm -hmm. He is huffing and puffing. He's looking up and down. Like, I felt anxious looking at his anxiety. You know what? You're totally right. And he absolutely nailed it. Dwight Schultz plays Lieutenant Barclay. And he is an incredible actor because he so perfectly portrays fear, anxiety, depression, uh, panic, and all of that. And that's really hard to play without really being cheesy and like hammy mm-hmm. and overdone mm-hmm. so it's um it, it, it's very i'm very very impressed i don't love barclay but oh my god dwight schultz yeah absolutely kills it as barclay like he makes him like a real figure instead of a cartoon mm-hmm. agreed um, agreed yeah and and like the the closer we're getting to to uh barclay's turn to transport over he's like ah! like he's just really mm-hmm. spiraling fast his upper lip is all sweaty mm-hmm. like he needs one of those non-absorbent towels to like mop his brow a little bit you know <laughs> one of like space towels yeah 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 the, <laughs> those rules really shiny ones he is freaked out and they're like well it's gonna be a bumpy ride because of the ionic radiation and when it's his turn he's like starts walking towards the transport pad and then he goes i'm sorry i i just can't do this and like literally walks out and down the hall and at and this O'Brien point jordy are like uh what was what, what was just that? happened yeah at this yeah. point the whole away team which i think was just maybe beverly and Riker, maybe Worf or something yeah, yeah and Worf, the whole away team had left except for jordy and barclay so when he storms out jordy and o'brien are like what but then there's a job to do so they're like nah. <laughs> off they and go jordy, jordy just you know keeps it moving and o'brien does whatever he does when no one else is in the transporter room um <laughs> And you, next, I, I imagine he just powers down. <laughs> I think he just like plays solitaire on that panel. That's what I think he does. Um, oh, he's not doing solitaire. it like on a like on a like on a data on a pad? pad. No, yeah. no, because he has to look like he's calibrating the sensors a or whatever. Thing. Yes, yeah, the photon triphasers. Like you never yeah. know. Troy might walk in any second. Like you got to look like you're she's very prone to doing that. Okay, <laughs> so next thing you know, we see Reg in Troy's office and. High five to Reg for going to get help when he needs it because he is panicking. He's losing it. Typically on the show, when someone loses it, they just kind of lose it. But there's a counselor right there on the ship who's always sitting on the bridge. And she has an office out. now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sweet office setup. She's had she's had an office, um, but we just rarely have seen her mm-hmm. working. We usually see her on the bridge, sometimes in the ready room with the captain. But yeah, what I love yeah. about this season already with this episode and next week's episode is we see her working with patients in her office who are not mm-hmm. the captain or Riker. You see yeah. her kind of doing her outside job, <laughs> which I am yeah. here for. So yeah, he's helping Reg and, you know, saying like, it's okay that you're afraid of the transporters. Lots of people are. And she asks him why he never said anything before. And he's like, because my career in Starfleet would be over if anyone knew. And I was like, mm, tell that to Pulaski. She was fine. <laughs> She was super fine. Like she, yeah, her career was not harmed in any way. People were just yeah, like, she oh, was that's just like, her. I just don't trust. Yeah. It's like, it just kind of felt a little bit, you know, like, you know, okay, grandma, you know, that's just your like thing. You don't like the technology. Like that's okay. It's okay. And this is actually, I love that this is such like an analogy for like fear of flying and mm-hmm. how, how crippled by it people are at times where it's like i mm-hmm. I, I i can't do this i can't function this way i can't get on a plane like mm-hmm. i knew someone who instead of flying would drive like across 
the country yeah. because he was so afraid of flying. And it was Which like, means he's very limited to only exploring a few continents. Yes, because that's about it, you know, and, and even still, you know, you've got uh, a two week vacation and you spend a week of it just getting mm-hmm. there. And, and like, getting how back, do you, yeah. Yeah. How do you, anyway, but yeah, so that's, it's, it's tough. And I like that, you know, I, I wrote in my notes, like being a little dramatic, are we Reg? Cause he was like throwing himself on the couch and be like, uh, <laughs> it's like, this feels a lot like my middle school students when they do yes. stuff like this. And it's usually yes. because they like forgot their, ba- their binder, like outside on the table. And you're like, just go, it's right there. Just go get For it. Me, it's, like, it's, it's fine. I have this one student who always did that exact thing, that flop on the couch thing. And <laughs> it was, it was in response to, okay, it's time for class. It was also in response to, okay, it's time for break. Please get out of class. Yeah. Either one would make him just collapse. And I was like, That's, which one isn't is it, buddy? funny? Yeah. I, I have noticed the last few years in teaching, when you're teaching, kids are like, can I take a break? Can I go to the bathroom? Can I get a snack? I need to run to the office. And they just want to get out of class and, you know, just go walk mm-hmm. around, which like, I get it. I did that so when I was I. as well. But then <laughs> I want to do that. But as a then teacher. when it was break time or lunchtime, they're like, can I just, can I just stay in here? And it's like, no, you can't just stay in here. First of all, you spent all break trying to leave here and now you don't want to leave. And I need a break. You know, I have to explain to students like, kids get a break from teachers, but teachers also need a break from kids. Like you guys are great, but we need our break time to do whatever we need to do. Mm-hmm. So you need to get out of the classroom. And I've literally had kids be like, no, I'm not leaving. No, I'm going to, I'm just going to sit here. It's like, you, yeah, you can't. Yeah. Bye. Yep. Bye. 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 I've had a, I've had to kick a few kids out too. It's very sweet though, that when they want to just like be around you and be in your presence, that's, that's very sweet. And also like, sometimes you just need 10 minutes to eat a snack by yourself. And vent about the kids. Yeah. To another (laughs) teacher who's also really needing a break. Needing a snack. Yeah. So, so Troy teaches Reg this technique of, um, she calls it plexing, touching the nerve clusters behind his left ear to release some endorphins to actually Mm -hmm. kind of improve his mood. Here's the interesting thing about this. This is actually a technique that people use. They don't call it plexing. They call it emotional freedom technique or tapping. Um, where they tap different parts hmm. of the body along kind of the same places that acupuncturists would use. So they tap around different meridian lines in order to reduce anxiety. This is actually a thing people Interesting. do. I when love I, it. Right? When I first learned about tapping about four or five years ago, my immediate thought was this episode of TNG. And this scene probably too. And this scene. I was He's like, oh my gosh. walking around tapping that yeah. nerve. I was like, oh my gosh, they stole, they stole EFT from TNG. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know when the EFT technique was created, but in my worldview, that's exactly what happened. So, <laughs> so he does this plexing and he's like, wow, I feel better. I'm going to transport right now. And Troy's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just did it for like 10 seconds. This is like a slow, gradual. He's like, nope, nope. I'm good. See you later. Bye. I'm healed. Bye. Tap, 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 tap. Yeah. He actually was good. He actually did go and transport later. I mean, he wasn't amazing when he did it yeah. but he did do it so he managed to transport without dying and freaking out so it's like okay he That's also had kind of been he'd also been talking to you know um chief o'brien about his his like fear of transporting right and and o'brien is like i get it like I, i'm afraid of spiders and then i had to like crawl through this jeffrey's tube that was crawling with like talaxian spiders that like their legs are like a foot and a half long it's like yeah, crabs, talarian you know? hook spiders thank you thank Awful. you and i was hard like pass. <laughs> super hard pass um but i love that he thought that that would make um barkley feel better and barkley's like um all right which we all know just added the fear of spiders to barkley's long and growing list it because sure did when he first started sharing the story barkley was like spiders don't bother me by the end of the story he was like <laughs> you're like yeah man and then by the end of the episode o'brien's like do you want to meet my spider no no no, no. The let's no. not go adding more like reasons for this man to be anxious I had, another, I had another student ask that question. He has a pet tarantula. And when it was like, bring your pet nope. to work day, he was like, no. Nope. Can I bring no? But no. she's really, no. No. Nope. So, no, no, no. All I'll the no's in no I will step on it if it gets out. <laughs> I had a student who would who always brought in animals too. He, this kid was on the spectrum and had a great amount of difficulty being around other students but around animals was really great. So he would come into school some days with like his pet bird or like his little turtle or his whatever. And it would kind of be his like touchstone to keep him calm. But the minute he was like, can I bring my tarantula or my snake? I was like, absolutely not. Thank you so much for asking. 
Anyway, we're on page four. (laughs) You you can play play with those pets at home. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like one of the kids was like, but you know, he's like, I don't want you to bring a spider. What if it gets out? And I was like, I'll tell you what will happen if it gets out. I will step on it and kill it. So we're not bringing this thing. And they're like, you would kill a spider. I sure, I do all the time. I kill spiders constantly. (laughs) Don't tempt, don't. I'm a spider assassin. Yeah. If you want your spider to live. Between my, the heel of my boot and a rolled up newspaper, I'm very well armed. Okay. Like, don't, <laughs> don't bring a spider in. Thank you. But O'Brien never got that stern message from his middle school teacher. <laughs> so that's why we get the end of the episode that we get. In uh, any case, looking, so over, <laughs> looking over at the USS Yosemite, we got this creepy ghost ship. But amazingly, it's not creepy because they don't have creepy music. The lighting's not creepy. The set's not creepy. It just looks completely deserted for no explicable reason. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no weapons fire. There's no um, sign of a struggle. There is a sign of an explosion, but that explosion didn't do enough damage. I mean, th- there's, and then they find one body. Beverly finds one body, but mm-hmm. the explosion didn't do any damage to any other people that we see. There's only one body, but there's four crewmen missing. All the escape pods are in place. There are just a lot of questions about what happened on this ship. And as they're kind of figuring stuff out, um Barclay beams over and what I love about that exact moment is Jordy sees him and is just like hey Reg you know let's get you to work go ahead and work on XYZ and it wasn't I mean he didn't even mention like okay you freaked out like 10 minutes ago what has changed like none of that and then Riker sees Reg a few like seconds later and same thing he's just like hey Reg good to have you here like they just kind of they're very understanding and they're not making a big deal of it and they just move on and get back to work now the one thing the explosion did mess up besides killing that one individual man, which is super sad, is Mm -hmm. it scrambled all the computer systems. So there's no kind of black box record of what happened. And they've got to try to piece together what happened, where these four crewmen go, which is Mm kind of creepy. It is very creepy. I appreciate that they have this like creepy element to the Yosemite without feeding us like creepy music or like somebody walking around looking like intensely scared. There is actually a fear of like abandoned places. It's called kenophobia. And like a lot of phobias that people have, it can usually be treated with like exposure therapy where you slowly kind of get people used to being in empty spaces. And then you like crawl through a Jeffrey's tube full of 20 Tolarian spiders. Nope. And then, yeah, you're, that's not gonna, then you're good that's with spiders. Gonna, oh my God. Yeah. See, that is like the worst version of exposure therapy. <laughs> um, 10 out of 10 do not recommend. But um, <laughs> kenophobia is actually a fear of like abandoned places. So yeah. while some people love going to abandoned places, for example, um, when I taught chemistry last year, we talked a lot about ra- radiation. So we watched a little bit of um, the HBO miniseries Chernobyl and kind of talked about what that was like. But people, there are, groups of people who still go to Chernobyl to like photograph the abandoned town. That's like, you know, falling mm-hmm. to pieces. And I'm like one radiation, like mm-hmm. no, thank that's you. Enough, yeah. I welcome we don't even need as it much to. as I welcome the, the spiders in my classroom. Nope. And two, uh, there is something about that abandoned ghost town. That's like very interesting. Like I do like looking at pictures of it where I'm like, wow, this is basically a snapshot frozen in time, right? Like Mm -hmm. the Yosemite is a snapshot frozen in time. Mm -hmm. And this is what the ship looked like at the time of whatever Mm -hmm. happened that Mm -hmm. made these four crew members disappear. Also, seems like a pretty good sized ship for just four people to be running. I thought it was, you know, a little smaller than the Enterprise and that's it. But I guess not. But anyway, yeah, yeah, we don't really get scale. Yeah. They all kind of look the same size as the Enterprise to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like they're side by side. You're like, oh, because they're all shaped the same. So you're just they like, okay, I guess it's the sort Enterprise. of shaped kind of the same. Yeah. But anyway, kenophobia, yeah, is that fear of um empty, empty places. It could also be fear of like an empty an empty room or an open field or just a kind of like a big open space. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be just abandoned places. But anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, they they find Lieutenant Joshua Kelly. He has died under mysterious circumstances. Now the, his whole body is burned badly, mm-hmm. but not enough to cause death. So it's like, so what is causing this? Um, and this is where Barkley kind of psychs himself up and finally gets over there. Um, 
And like, they're like, okay, we're like addressing some information that we're getting here on the Yosemite. Let's see if we can figure out what might've caused this disappearance. And, and if so, you know, where might they be? Because even Riker was like, could the explosion, could they have ejected into escape pods? And, and Worf is like, no, all the escape pods are, are in place, which makes me wonder where do the escape pods go on the ship? Because I've never seen an escape pod on the on the Enterprise, but well, they do have a fencing arena. So it's like <laughs> you haven't had to see them. everything. We, yeah, I guess we haven't not. had to see them, but we know that they're there because in the episode where we had the time loop, um, yeah, he was like abandon ship, abandon ship. Everyone get in the escape pod. So they all have escape mm-hmm. pods. We just usually if we see them, we see the pods coming off of the ship, but we yeah. don't ever see people going into the pods inside of the ship. So it's like, mm-hmm. are they just in corridors? Are they in cargo bays? Like, where are they? We don't know. Yeah. It's yeah. A mystery. I, it might be like one of those like under the airplane seat kind of thing where like yeah. the life preserver is there. It's mm-hmm. like tucked away behind a wall panel. Who knows? But I would actually be super curious to see like fan art of what the Enterprise escape pods might look like. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that'd be really cool. Um, But, it, you know, at this point, there is like a teeny tiny B plot. Picard gets word that the Ferengi are claiming that two of their ships were destroyed by Cardassians. Starfleet is like, we need you to move on from the Yosemite, you know, because we've got some other stuff that needs attending to. So there's a little bit of a time crunch, but it doesn't show up kind of anymore well, in, the, I think what in she, the Enterprise. I think what she said, because I thought she was going to say the Enterprise needs to move to check that out. But actually, what she was saying was, so it's possible that the Cardassians are responsible for the Yosemite. That they attack the Yosemite on their oh. way to the Ferengi. Yeah, because I was waiting for her to be like, you gotta go, but she That's didn't. What she I just was said, wondering. Okay. Yeah, no, she was like, I, so it's possible that the Yosemite was attacked by the Cardassians somehow. So just keep an eye out and keep your sensors open in case. And that's when Picard was like, mm, all right. I mean, we didn't see any evidence of any attacks, but we'll just keep a lookout. So they were thinking maybe Cardassians. That was kind of random because that doesn't come back up and it wasn't Cardassians. <laughs> so it just was a little bit of, Species profiling going on there. Um, and then species profiling. Yeah, we're just we're throwing this. the Ferengi under the bus. We're throwing the Cardassians yeah, sure under are. the bus. Neither of them have <laughs> anything to do with what's going on with the Yosemite at all. No, we're just picking no. stuff out of the air. But apparently, yep, you sure know, are. The, the region may have some, you know, the, the region's hot, basically. Some stuff's going yeah. on. Um, so anyways, they're beaming back over. Uh, Beverly's going to go do an autopsy. They find this broken jar this broken container so they're going to beam it back over and check out what it was that was inside the transporter and the thing about the explosion was the, expl- the explosion happened inside the transporter but Jordy's like that doesn't make sense because the transporter is still fully functional so something exploded it caused all this damage but it also caused no damage so they're mm-hmm. all beaming over one by one and again reg is the last one to beam over and again he's psyching himself up and i'm really proud of him because this is your face tap your tap, tap 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 yeah twice in one day i mean beaming over there you gotta beam back so he's he's like okay i can do this as he beams over this is the first time we get a look at this giant cgi worm that comes towards him it's like kind of flying uh perpendicular to him so you can see the Mm -hmm. whole like width of it and the breadth of Mm -hmm. it and how wrinkly and gross it is and then it turns to face him and flies right at him with his big mouth open and he puts his arm up to block it and it bites his arm and then, yeah. boom, he's in the transporter room. And I was like, what would have happened if he didn't put his arm up? It would have bitten his face. Like, it was going yeah. right for his face. This, yeah. to me, was terrifying. And the iron- the ironic part is that Reg is terrified of transporters because he doesn't want to be de- de- um, atomized and then re-put mm-hmm. together. And, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that, to me, are very reasonable fears when yeah, it comes yeah, to a sure. transporter. But the thing he was not afraid of was a giant worm. No yes. one was afraid of that because that just, that wasn't part of this situation. So it's like, like the spiders, it's just adding things to his list of things to be afraid of. And yeah, this yeah. scene, I lost it. We're I'm just, just like, oh, yes. Get me out of well, here. Well, absolutely. A couple of things. One, of course it happened to Barclay. Of course. If it had happened to anybody else, it'd be like, that's not, that's weird. There's, I saw something in there. Let's run some scans. But because he's Barclay, he's anxious. He's going to keep it to himself. He's going to try to solve the mystery like Nancy well, Drew. He th- like, like he said, you he, know, thought he, he had thinks he's going psychosis. crazy. Yeah, he thought he was going crazy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, no one else would have thought that, right? Riker, Beverly, anybody right? else would have been like, what the F? There was something in there. Yeah. Yeah, no. And we're like, let's just check it out. Now, it actually wasn't a CGI worm. I looked into it. The uh, prop master for TNG is uh, Dan Curry, and he actually made that worm. 
Um, mm. It's a model that could, it's yeah, sort of a like model, a like a puppet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be kind of maneuvered. And it's like, it went from like his fingers to his forearm. It was a good size. Yeah. He had like his whole arm. In it. I found a really great picture online of him kind of maneuvering the puppet. So that's up on our, T- on our TNG um, Instagram Right now, you can go check it out at the TNG podcast. Um, uh, Dan Curry holding this like really gross looking silkworm <laughs> with that big mouth. I'm like, ew, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty gross. It's gross. Um, but yeah, so he he narrowly like avoids getting his face bit by this worm. And Barkley asks Jordy if like he's ever seen anything strange in the transporter. But Jordy's like, no. Like sometimes I see like a little shadow of some like plasma ionic you know, some sort of energy trace or something, Mm -hmm. but like, not like uh, any things. Um, But because, because Starfleet and everyone on the enterprise is pretty awesome. They actually run some scans on the Heisenberg compensators just to check and see if there was like anything there. So he did actually say like, I feel like I saw something, but it's not super clear. And they're like, well, let's get on it. Let's run a level three diagnostic on, on the Heisenberg compensators and see, and see like what there is, but they don't really, I love yeah. that. That Jordy was just like, he was, he was really kind of like, hmm. But then, and Reg was like, it was probably just me. I'm probably just crazy. I probably just made it up. And Jordy's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry for existing. And Jordy's like, hmm, let's run a scan. I love that. I love that they weren't just like, yeah, you probably did. Yeah, you probably did. Like, they were like, you no, probably like, are. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if you think you just saw something, let's just check it out. Let's be safe rather than sorry. And I'm just, again, this is why. I want to work on the enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> like this alone, just the fact that people really believe you when you say things, even if they sound crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. It's very, you know, remember me when mm-hmm. Beverly's like, I swear to God, these people who you don't remember existing exist. And like, they were here and now they're not. And they're like, okay, we're going to run a test. I'm like, Thank you. Thank you for not, you know, the last thing people on the enterprise need to hear is, you know, you're under a lot of stress and you're probably really tired. It's like, yeah, you are under a lot of stress and I'm sure you are very tired mm-hmm. and we're going to run a scan because and probably there's a hypo, hypo spray for both of those things. Absolutely. Stress and fatigue. Can I get that hypo yep. spray? I would also like a hypo spray. <sighs> I could really use that. Um, now, Beverly and Alyssa. Yay, it's Alyssa. Um, they run tests on the um, dead man who's totally burned and I had the most visceral reaction looking at like the burns, whoever did the makeup on this special mm-hmm. effects. It's legit. Probably also Dan Curry, like just killed it, mm-hmm. killed it. I mean, the man's legs were like burned all the way to his bones. And I was like, it was just horrific to look at. And it was I was incredibly, done. I was incredibly impressed. Yeah. Um, it was, it as was... I looked through the gap in my fingers, like, <laughs> and my hands up, I was like, wow, that makeup looks really good. Too good, if you ask me. But yeah, it was very like, oh my God. Yeah. We've come a long way from Tasha Yar's little Sharpie lipstick. Yeah. yeah little Sharpie stain on her cheek that caused her sudden death. death. Yeah. yeah. We've come so far to the point where when they say we want to burn victim, you're like, burn victim, you say, oh, I can do yeah, that. Yeah. They fire up the torches. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually yeah, it's terrifying. I noticed that this actor that they got to play this burned victim, even though he just plays a corpse in this whole episode, they made sure he was young and handsome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like was that necessary for? <laughs> could we just get any old kind of actor? Like, can we get normal people a chance? Do they all have to be models? I don't know. Yeah, I just thought I just thought that was kind of it's funny. Like the ship of beautiful people. I know. I, I was know. like, he's a corpse. It's playing a corpse. Like, do we need yeah. him to be like gorgeous? Can't he just be a person? <laughs> Anyways, whatever. Yeah, the makeup job was really great. So as they're kind of fiddling around and scanning him and whatnot, um, Nurse Gawa is scanning him, and he starts. He gets uh, neural activity, and she's like, Doctor Crusher. And Beverly's like, what? His brain is working. Okay, two cc's of this. Okay, let's start, you know, let's make his heartbeat and all this stuff. And they have this, um, this, um, what are those little paddles called that usually bring people back to life? Okay, oh so, my God. so they have, right, it. I'm blanking. It'll come back at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, but they so have, well. they have that, but instead it's like the size of a, of a syringe or like a, like a giant pen. Yeah. And they just stick it on top of his chest and it starts working. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. That is a cool piece of technology. I just kind of later. See that. Yeah. Yeah. Later. That's Woo! it. Yay. Yes. Um, and so they see so they have this little handheld defibrillator, which was just very cool. And it would, yeah, it was just cool. So, anyways, then his he starts breathing. He takes this really big breath, and you're like, oh my gosh, is this guy really alive? That's what I thought. 
I was like, we thought he was dead this whole time, but he's really alive. But no, his body systems were just still functional. And but they were just kind of coming on and off. But he was absolutely totally 100% dead. Again, once again, this was an opportunity to make this episode extremely creepy. Like this could have been a horror episode easily, but it wasn't. They kept the music. There was no music. There was lots of plenty of lighting. Um, plenty of people around. It wasn't like that time when Beverly was in the cargo bay and the oh my all god, the corpses, and all the like, corpses set up. came al- Yeah, ugh. yeah. This is like still freaks me out. Yeah, this is like a mystery, but they didn't take it into a direction that you know provided nightmares. So thanks. Yeah, no, that's that's really <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah, I mean they absolutely like killed that. Yeah, and and that was the thing is like his his like he started breathing, his brain started working, and then. But they were like, but he's dead. Like, how is it's not that he's like coming back to life. Right. Like it was done in a very scientific way where mm-hmm. it's like, no, the patient is dead and his lungs are working. Like, I don't understand what but the it's heck like they work is and going on. Working. Yeah. 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 So, so we got a new mystery in our hands of like what is going on, or the same yes. mystery. Yeah. Now back in 10 Forward, Reg is having a drink by himself, and then his arm starts hurting and he pulls up his sleeve and mm. his arm is glowing blue. Just like the cool transporter glowy thing. Which, yes, by the way, I, I said uh, Reg, Reg's arm starts transporting where the worm hit him. It's like blue and like, it looks like scrambled sparkly. and tingly. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, so th- this was just fun. I really like that special effect a lot. Like I like it anyways. I love the transporter look. And I know in the original series, they made the transporter look with a glass of water full of glitter. And mm-hmm. they just stirred up the glitter, and that's what mm-hmm. made that swirly look. It looks to me very similar in TNG, but I don't know how they did it. But it looks like just like glittery, glittery light. Fuzz. It's like TV static, like, you know, yeah. like fuzzing. But it's like, very, it's very cool. It's very, very cool. Actually, you know, one thing I really love about this episode is we see the same standard shot of people being transported, transported away and then mm-hmm. transported in all the time, right? But yeah. we have never seen a shot from like what it looks like from the point of view of somebody who's being transported. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the transport beam with Reg and he's looking out and you could see like Jordy and O'Brien mm-hmm. disappearing and then like Dr. Crusher appearing where he, where Jordy and O'Brien were just standing, it's like, whoa, that's what it looks like? It's like yeah. you're changing scenes almost. It's very, very cool. And major shout out to special effects department um for this episode because the view from inside the transport beam i was like well that right there makes me want to transport just so i could like see 100 100 and i think normally since the transporters take like one second there's Mm. nothing to see like what we Mm. see is what they see a little bit of sparkle and then they're gone but this extended transport gave us the chance to really see like the glowiness and the, the like matrixy style you know running of things it was very cool Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it. Now, because he's got the tingly arm and the pain, the first thing he doesn't do is go to sick bay, which I'm like, that's your first mistake right there. But mm-hmm. Reg is one of those people who has had anxiety for so long that he has sort of trained himself to know when he has anxiety, he should probably go to his room, try to take a few breaths, calm down. And then if this persists, maybe call the doctor. Mm-hmm. But he he has the computer give him a rundown of what transporter psychosis is like. And he had kind of mentioned that to O'Brien and O'Brien was like, transporter psychosis. Like nobody has suffered transporter psychosis um, ever since we dialed in the Heisenberg compensators. Like that's not a thing. It's kind of like somebody coming to school and being like, I have polio. And you're like, what? Like it's not Mm -hmm. even an illness anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the computer gives him like a list of symptoms. And one of them is hallucinations. And he's like, oh, my God, I have it. Like, I'm hallucinating what happened to my arm. And it's exactly where that silkworm bit him. So it's like, okay, my mind, I'm like, it transferred something to you or something. We don't know what it, what what we're looking at here. But it also, the computer, I think, is interesting. Gives him a whole list of symptoms. And it's like um, racing heartbeat. And he, like, puts his hand to his chest. And he's like, mm-hmm. okay. And it's like shortness of breath. And he's like, <laughs> like, he starts, mm-hmm. like, he picks every symptom that the yep, computer psychosomatically says. happens and it actually it reminds me of um this is kind of an offshoot but it reminds me of a, an episode of fraser which i love who's a radio psychiatrist and people call in for like advice and somebody called in and they're like i've got shortness of breath i'm having this 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 and this and fraser on the radio was like wow uh it sounds like either you're suffering a complete breakdown 
physically and need to rush to an emergency room right now, or you're a first year psychology student and you're like reading like the textbook and <laughs> thinking you have all of the symptoms. And he's like, I am a first year psychology student. He's like, okay, in that case, put the book down and go take a walk or something. Right. So <laughs> it really reminded me of this, where the computer's listing all of these symptoms and Barkley's like, I think my heart is racing. I can't breathe very well. My eyesight isn't so good. Like mm-hmm. he's immediately psychosomatically <laughs> picking up every, ep- you know, and that's really what anxiety feels like as someone who suffers from anxiety, not remotely the level of, of Barclay, but it, you start fearing that you have all of those symptoms when you really don't, you just need to like take a breath and watch some TNG and chill and you're probably fine. And yeah. that's why you never should Google your symptoms because it's always oh going to be a- like cancer. You're like, but immediately it was, it's a toothache, tooth cancer is tooth yep. cancer. Mm-hmm. That's not even a real thing. Like why would like Google I, tell me that? <laughs> I feel like I have like some mild neck pain and I Google it and Google just goes, your time has come. And I'm like, really? Google? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ever Google your symptoms. Just go see a doctor. This is, this is what Reg is uh, failing to do right now. He's just Googling his <laughs> symptoms and it always turns out bad. Listen, girl, American healthcare system being what it is, it's like, I have a toothache. Well, I don't have $75,000 in the bank to pay for a tooth procedure. <laughs> so I guess I'll just have tooth pain. So anybody who's listening abroad, I tell you, our healthcare is a horrifically abysmal and incredibly expensive for like a blood draw or something really simple. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I, I'm frustrated by it constantly, but anyway. Once again, that would be great. This is a great reason to stay on the enterprise, but yep. we don't have that option yet. <laughs> yet. We'll have to Not wait a yet. little bit for that. So next we're in the observation lounge and Beverly's kind of explaining her findings. Um, and Jordy says, okay, well, we've got this container here. Maybe Data and I can piece together and try to figure out what happened on the ship. Because Beverly's explaining this, there's this radiation, blah, blah, blah. They're like, well, that sounds like plasma. How would they get plasma in the ship? Maybe they got plasma from the plasma streamer into mm-hmm. the ship. So let's kind of, who knows? let's recreate what happened there and see if, we can get some more information. So they kind of go off to do that. Next thing you know, we're in engineering and Reg is drinking feverishly from the from a space thermal. This is our first time seeing a thermal in space. And what I put in my notes was, man, if only Ensign Gomez had this for her hot cocoa, she never would have spilt it on the card. This is what you bring around equipment, young lady. This. A container with a lid. That is hilarious. (laughs) Or if lab procedures had been in place, like when we both worked in labs, there is literally a little shelf. Yeah, there's a little shelf right outside the door to the lab where you put all your drinks and you step outside to take a sip and you can usually stand in the door with the door open. Take a sip, put it back on the shelf and go back inside the lab so that you don't spill shit everywhere. You're, (laughs) oh my God, I totally didn't even think of that. My thought was, I have like a hydro flask that looks just like that. Like, I don't feel like they put a ton of thought into that flask. They're like, does anybody have like a silver flask? Okay, we'll take we'll take one off of Paul's desk and just throw I it on I mean, the how side. much more futuristic? They could have made it more futuristic. I don't think they how needed much to. More? You don't need to. Yeah, it's, a it's, flask, it's thermos technology. Yeah, it just not keeps broken, things hot and cold. Yeah, but I love that, like, <laughs> while Data and Jordy are busy being like, do we think it might be this? Okay, well, let me let's test for that. He's over here drinking feverishly because the computer said um, dehydration, dehydration is one of the symptoms yeah. of transporter psychosis. <laughs> so he's drinking like his life depends on it. He's checking his pulse. He's drinking more water. He's testing his vision by putting his hand, like, <laughs> winking one eye and then winking the other. Like, And Data's like, are you all right? And he's like, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Okay, off I go. Glub, 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 drinking water. And I love that Data goes to Jordy and he's like, Jordy, uh, I've noticed that Edson Barkley has been checking his vital signs feverishly for the past 20 minutes. And and Jordy's like, thanks, Data. I'll look into it. I love that Data's like, okay, I relayed the message. I'm done. Like, <laughs> And Jordy immediately go. goes to check on Reg. Like, immediately. He doesn't yeah. go, hmm, that's weird. He's like, okay, let me go talk to him right now. He goes mm-hmm. to talk to him and Reg is just, again, he's like sweating, shaking all the things. Poor and Jordy's like, you know what? We got this. I think we can do this experiment on our own. Why don't you go and get some rest? So he's like, thank, thank you. Thank you. Yes. So he goes off to get some rest or whatever. Jordy immediately tells Counselor Troy, like, Smart move. Reg is losing his cookies. So next thing you know, you see <laughs> Troy like jump out of the turbo lift. You know, mm-hmm. like, where is he? Where is he? And then we yep. see Reg power walking <laughs> through the hallways of the Enterprise. And here's like a funny, a funny aside. 
I heard a behind the scenes of uh, from Voyager about the corridors on the ship. Yes. And what they do is they just build a few corridors and then they film them over and over and over. So they have yeah. people walking through the same corridors, but from different angles and they put the cameras oh, on different sides of the hallway. But when they have a scene where there's a conversation in the corridor, they have to walk extremely slowly so that they have a chance to say all their dialogue before they get to the end oh. of the hall and have to turn around. Yeah. So, so because they were um, actually, yeah, this was on the Voyager podcast, Delta Flyers, where they were talking about like, why are we walking so slow in this scene? Mm-hmm. Like we're barely moving. And it was because they were like, oh, it's because the hallways are so short. We can't, you know. Yeah, the hallways are like seven yeah. feet long or something. We have yeah. to like keep, yeah. So in this scene where he's speed walking, I was like, that's why you never see them walking quickly through hallways in oh, the show. But here he's speed walking. So they kind of broke that rule. So I was like, they must have had this guy just going like through the hall over and over and over and hitting the yeah. corners because you notice in the scene, he like walks past Troy and then like the camera cuts and he yeah. walks past Troy and the camera cuts. So it's really mm. him just walking through the hallway, like the two or three hallways the, they like, have. The like 30 over feet and of over hallway and over. over and over. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was just hilarious to me. I mean, the whole thing That's was hilarious anyways. And you've got Troy like running to keep up like, uh, hey, Reg, what's going on? And he's just like, <laughs> nothing, nothing. Why would anything be going on? Do, 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 do. And he's just yes. walking and he's finally pretending, pretending like yeah. everything is fine. And Troy's yes. not having it. Yeah, and he finally kind of caves and he's like, fine, I'm having trouble sleeping. And like, you know, I read that like, if you, I'm trying to expend my excess energy so I can tire out, which I kind of feel that because I've had trouble sleeping since I was a kid. And so I take, I have to take Benadryl every night to like make me sleepy so I can sleep. And if I don't take Benadryl, like I'm, I may not fall asleep at all, or I may fall asleep and then wake up like an hour later and then I, and then I can't fall back asleep. Right. But one of the things I notice is every once in a while, maybe like twice a month when I take my Benadryl, I'll get restless leg syndrome where like your legs like need to move. So mm-hmm. I literally will like lay in bed on my back and just kind of like kick my legs around in the air just to kind of like get that excess wiggles out. Mm-hmm. And then once I kind of, it takes like 10 minutes of just like a good hard, like shaking it out with your legs. And then it kind of goes away. But the first time that it happened, I was like, why can't my legs sit still? Like what is going on? Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, so he's trying to blow off that extra energy. And I love that Dan is like, look, there has been some stuff going on that has been very strange around your behavior. So you could be a danger to yourself because you're not focusing. You could make a mistake that could hurt you or somebody else. So I'm going to have to relieve you of duty until this is sort of figured out. And I love that he's like, you do whatever you need to do. And like, he's like, bum, 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 like storms off. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. And I love that he goes to his room to meditate, but the comp- he keeps upping like the bird call sound mm-hmm. um, and the computer. And pretty soon it just seemed it. All I could picture with the amount of like birds calling at him is that he's like sitting on the pier and just handing out bread or something. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, ah! or he's like and walking by a dumpster him. or something. Yeah. yeah th- this scene They're all over him. It's hilarious. This scene. I laughed out loud because this is, this is what I experienced. Like you have your Benadryl. I have my nightly meditations and sleep casts and sleep sounds and stuff like that to help me sleep. And I have had this exact experience with sleep sounds because sleep sounds will be like rainforest, jungle, beach mm-hmm. or whatever. And sometimes the beach sound is like this soothing, crashing waves, but sometimes it is the seagulls cawing and you're like, no, not relaxing. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're, no, you're, no, you're drifting off to nice sleep. Sound. It's like, yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, I'm awake yeah, now. Exactly. Now I'm back away. Exactly. So that? I was laughing out loud because I was like, oh man, <laughs> I've had this exact experience. There was this one sleep sound that I used, that I tried to use once, which was jungle. And I was like, oh, this might be nice. Like kind of chirping and crickets and stuff like that. Girl, no. I put that thing on. Why did a lion start growling in my ear? I was like, all right. <laughs> this is not relaxing at I thought, all. I thought you, I thought you were going to say like monkeys, like, wah, you know, like, okay, there were you know monkeys. What? Look. There were all the other things, but the thing that got me was the growl that felt like it was coming from the back of my neck where a lion was going to eat me. That is not relaxing. A lion was about to bite you on your arm like a silkworm. It yeah. absolutely was. And I was like, come on, I am a mammal. Like that freaks me out. That doesn't, it's not soothing. And I guess no. they thought that people writing it probably thought it's just like a cat purr. It's not no, when it's a lion. It friend. is not. That's not the it same. It is not. I don't it's fear, absolutely not. I don't fear a cat like biting my throat out. Um, but anyways. So I was I was laughing at this when Bar- when Barclay was just like turn it off turn it off computer because I've yeah. done the same thing with my um my listening device where I'm like off off just sounds off like let's just not have sound tonight mm. um so 
Well, he, and you know what he does? He turns it off and he tries to put on just some like calming, mm-hmm. soft music to play. Yeah. Um. One thing, it's really nice to see him in pajamas. He's not <laughs> sleeping in his uniform and his boots and his like tricorder, but he's in like what could actually like if somebody wore those pajamas in real life, it would look normal and fine. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of like a holographic-y sort of silk print that was like mildly shiny, mm-hmm. but it didn't look like future clothes. It just looked real it and wasn't like he didn't have his whole chest exposed how picard did the first time we saw him yeah, in pajamas yeah. by the way like, all i can think of is like that's cold air yes. hitting your chest that would just keep me awake because I'm, co- yeah. I'm a cold person i'm Except like no your, i need to be totally covered like your quarters temperatures would be perfect because e- that's true enterprise because it's because enterprise but he like even with the music like he can't calm down he just can't calm down and i really sympathize because when you have anxiety like that when you're keyed up and there's nobody with you to kind of be like, okay, let's like take a few deep breaths. Let's whatever. Mm-hmm. Like there are times that you're so keyed up, like you just can't calm mm-hmm. down until you burn yourself out. Yep. And like that's, and I've been there. I've had family members who have been there and it's rough because you're like, okay, you just, it's kind of like a crying toddler. It's like, you just need to cry yourself out and like, mm-hmm. then you'll be tired and then you'll sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt bad for him. But Unfortunately, girl, it doesn't work. His arm starts, his his arm starts transporting again. And, it looks and now, like it's it's now it's his like whole arm. Up, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not just his forearm. It's like up his arm and you're like, oh shit. Like, and he rouses Chief O'Brien out of bed in the middle of the night. And O'Brien is like, could this have waited till morning? He's like, no, I, I just need to figure this out. I need you to kind of transport me and hold me sort of in a pattern so I can have a look around. Um, and O'Brien I really like, like that, that he tries to, <laughs> he tries to lie about the reasons for doing this. And O'Brien catches him in that lie in about 1.3 seconds. Mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. like, why, why do you want to do this? We can just, he's like, oh, uh, Commander LaForge wants to do tricorder readings of blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but we can do that from here, sir. And he's like, no, I am giving you an order to, yes. to do this. And then he goes, yes, sir may I make a observation? And he's like, sure. He's like, you forgot to bring your tricorder. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, that line lasted for like two seconds. Yeah. And then Barclay's just like, okay, fine. I just need to know. I need to know if there's something in there. And I felt like Barclay, buddy, why didn't you just tell him that in the first place? Mm-hmm. You didn't have to lie. You didn't have to trick him. You didn't have to order him. You could just be like, listen, O'Brien, I know this is ridiculous. This sounds ridiculous, but I have to know. I can't even sleep. I have to know. Can you please mm-hmm. help me? And he would have yeah. been like, of course, sir. Like he would have done it. He would have yeah. done it. So well, this was this is know. where I thought this is where I thought that O'Brien was actually really lovely, right? Where like he Barkley is like, okay, I just have to know. Is there something in the transport beam, or am I crazy? Like I just need to know. And O'Brien is like, of course, like I got you. Like yeah, we've I all been there. Mm-hmm. We've all been there in some place where you're like, is this me? Am I crazy? Or is something crazy happening around me that like nobody sees or believes, right? So he goes into the beam again and he sees the worm coming towards him and he comes out of the beam just in time. And he tells O'Brien, first, so he totally sees it. And he's like, wake the senior staff, wake the senior staff right now. So we see them all in the observation lounge and you know, he's telling them exactly what he has seen. And you know what? A tricorder would have been really good because he's like, well, now I have some like definitive qualitative, Mm -hmm. you know, statistics and and information and data to give you. But at some point they all sort of insinuate, like you've been under a lot of stress. It's actually Picard. He he asks him once and he has lots of good reason for it. Because normally, like in normal life, in our life, as soon as you say, I saw something in the transporter, the immediate response would be like, you're sleepy, you're hallucinating. Mm -hmm. But Jordy believed him. Now at this point, Picard's like, okay, but you've also said this and this and this and this. You've had this weird experience with Troy. You had this weird experience with Jordy. You, you've done all these things. Could it be possible that you're tired and stressed? Like he doesn't even say like you are tired and stressed. He says, could it mm-hmm. be possible? And Reg is just like, listen, I know I've been acting weird. All of that is true, which is actually a good sign, right? Because if he didn't know that that was weird, yes. this would just be further evidence that he, yeah, something's going on with him, right? Yeah, but he's yeah. like, I know all of this is weird. But I would not have brought you here. I would not have called all of you here if I was not 100% certain. And with that statement, Picard's like, understood. Take the transporters mm-hmm. offline. So-and-so do this. So-and-so do this. So-and-so run yes. diagnostic. And everyone goes into motion. Yeah, and Beverly's like, that. I'm going to do a deeper scan. We're going to do microcellular. Everyone jumps into it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I want to work on the Enterprise. Yeah, <laughs> where people where people actually believe you. Yeah, I love that he says, like, there's no way I would have called you here in the middle of the night, no less. 
if I wasn't absolutely sure that something strange is going on. And that's when they're like, okay. Now, Crusher finds that Barclay's arm has that same high energy ionization that was found in Lieutenant Kelly's body. And now they're like, okay, so for sure something is happening. And she has him wear this like ionization energy monitor to make sure this doesn't spread or he comes in contact with more radiation, right? Because like, it's just going to start spreading. Now, running tests in main engineering, Data and Jordy are like, okay, let's look at this container again that had burst with the plasma. And they're like, okay, let's run this again and see if we can get an idea of like maybe what was going on in the Yosemite as well. And Jordy's visor picks up some like bioelectric energy and he's like, there's something in this plasma that is alive. And they're like, Barclay, come check this out. Like, look what we found. But as they go to Barclay, he's totally collapsed. And now most of his body is tingling blue. And I'm really relieved when Jordy sees it. He's like, oh, no. Which tells us, one, it's not a hallucination because somebody else is seeing it. Mm -hmm. But two, sometimes in television and movies and stories, the patient is suffering from something that we know is real. They know is real, but nobody else can see it. Mm-hmm. So I was really relieved that Data and Jordy could also see it. So I was like, oh, no, now we have, like, the third step of this verification system. Yes. And, like, it's real. He's really tingling. It's not just something it's not only Barclay sees or only mm-hmm. we see. Yeah, exactly. And we also discover the source of the explosion. So they have the container. They put it in a, a containment field. So basically a force mm-hmm. field around it. They beam in the plasma all as well. And then when they scan it, which is what they think that the people of the uh, USS Yosemite would have done first, the second they scan it, the glass shatters into a million pieces. Yes. And it turns out that the resonance frequency was not liked by the love by the um, life forms inside mm-hmm. of the plasma, and they yep. caused the explosion. So now we've solved that mystery. Okay, so this is what happened on the transporter. They scanned it. It exploded. We still don't know what happened to the crew, but at least we have an explanation for why that why something exploded on the transport beam and there was yeah. plasma everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. At least we have some kind of explanation because the whole time it's just been sort of a big mystery. So like, what did happen aboard the ship? First of all, where is everybody? Why mm-hmm. is there what looks like an exp- explosion residue mm-hmm. in the transporter um, of the Yosemite, but the transporter still works there? Like, there's mm-hmm. just a bunch of stuff How going on. How this guy die, but he's covered How in plasma. How did this guy die? Plasma's yeah, in space this is really weird. Yeah. yeah. So the next thing we see, we're in sickbay. And Data says that there's some quasi-energy microbes in the plasma structures. And if maybe if we suspend Barkley in the matter stream into the transporter for 30 or 40 seconds, we may be able to identify the microbes because of the biofilter scans. And, like, once we identify them, then we can treat you for them. And he's like, do I have to get in this again? Like, this has been so traumatizing Yeah, they basically need to filter out his atoms, which is so cool. So they're going to suspend him in the transporter where he's kind of, like, you know, bit by bit is in there and then they're going to mm-hmm. separate the microbes from his body and then mm-hmm. rephase him. So that way he'll be all microbe free. Now, the cool thing about these microbes is that they are both um, matter and energy at the same time, mm-hmm. like pure matter and pure energy. I love that. That's just I a cool idea. That. <laughs> That's really, a really that, cool idea. That brought me back. That actually brought me back to like my old chemistry and physics days with like um, optics and things like that and how light can be both yes. like energy photons and waves at the same yeah, time. How it's a particle and a and a wave. Yes, at the same time, which is like so intensely crazy. Um and still pretzels my brain every time I think about it. But it is it is very cool. I love that they sort of folded I, what makes the technology so good, Cherise, is that they fold like real science theories and hypotheses yeah. and like things like that they like fold it in so yes it's a bunch of like technology speak but a lot of it is actually based on like real science mm-hmm. so that's what makes it where it's like sure there's a biofilter scan like in the in transporters that don't exist sure it can filter out your mm-hmm. atoms and sure we can right where it's like okay yeah you know what like yeah it if tracks. you apply future technology that would actually make sense and that's mm-hmm. what makes this show part of what makes this show so freaking good Mm -hmm. it really is because of this um now they they tell him like you're gonna be in the transport beam for like 30 to 40 seconds it's kind of tough to tell how long but it's longer than normal and barkley actually voices this very real concern he's like but if i'm in there too long and data says your particles will like dissipate and we won't be able to get a lock on you and bring you back so you will die and he's like fudge right right like, he's like but this was my worst fear this it, is i told yeah. you guys i told everyone you know 
everybody knows I'm afraid of this. Like, why are you making me be in there longer? But it's like, well, I have a higher risk of not coming back. You can die from the energy microbes or you can die from the transporter suspension. But either way, you've got about 10 minutes to decide. So mm-hmm. you're like, fine, fine, fine. I'll at least mm-hmm. I will choose to get the transporter. Yes. Try yes. to beam these bad boys out of me or something. Yeah. Now there he goes into the transporter for a long time. He's looking around. He's like, there's that worm again. Like, and then he notices that there are more than one. And he's like, oh my gosh. Something in his mind clicked, and I don't know what it was, but he decides to just grab at this worm, which I'd be like, fuck no. But he grabs at it, and the minute he grabs it and holds on to it, O'Brien is like, wait, his pattern, uh, his pattern, like, in the transporter has increased by, like, 92%. Like, there's something in there with him. And that's when Jordy's like, oh, my God, like, there is actually something in there. And they're like, okay, put up a force field. And mm-hmm. he's like, secu- he and Jordy immediately was like, security to the transporter room. Like, yep. they know there's something in there. And they know that something is coming into the ship. Again, yes. again, Good right procedures. here. This, yeah, for a change. Yay, security. But this moment was an opportunity to be extremely terrifying. Something's coming mm-hmm. through the transporter and we don't know what it is. And Reg has mm-hmm. been telling us there's something in the beam. And yep. it's like, and it could be like something scary or it could be something bad or something evil or something dangerous. Um, but but the way that they filmed it, you don't get any of those vibes. You're not afraid of anything. There's no creepy music. You're just kind of like, oh, something's in the beam. Is he just going to bring the worm back? Oh, that's weird. And yeah. so you're just kind of curious. It's just curiosity instead of like terror, which they could have absolutely done in this scene. Yeah. And then when Reg materializes, he's holding a um a crew member in his arms and they both collapse under the transporter. A, a Yosemite crew member. Yeah. Yeah, a Yosemite crew member. And they're like, what the? And they drop the force field and they run up to the transporter pads and they're like, oh my gosh, this is a Yosemite crew member. And they pull him and they pull Barclay off of the transporter pad. And mm-hmm. he and Barclay is kind of sort of groggy, a little bit awake. And he's like, he turns to Worf and he's like, there are more crew pe- crewmen inside the beam. You have to go into the beam and then you have to hold them and hold on tight and they'll come back out or something like that. He gives them instructions on how to do the magic that he just did. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. are like, sure thing, sir, and jump onto the Yeah, I love that. that. The security team are all like, okay, got it. And they just go in and when they materialize, they they're holding all the crew members of the Yosemite. Question, why are they worms? Why were they worms? I do not understand that at all. Now, I'm <laughs> guessing some explanation that Crusher gave was that, like, what you're really seeing... It was data. Yeah, that there's a distortion. You What you're really seeing is, like, the microbes themselves that's infecting you. Oh, yeah. And because they... Because he's like, but then why do they look so huge? Like, what I saw is, like, way bigger than a microbe, mm-hmm. right? It's, like, half of my body size. Like, what the it's F? Huge. Yeah, and she's like, well, something about the phase inverter or something, something that the optics look strange. Like, you're not seeing things to scale. Yeah. But, like, so you so you grab onto a microbe and you end up with a crew member. Like, I st- that I don't get. That's why I don't like this episode that much. Because I'm like, you're seeing worms, not just, like, shadows of people. But as soon as you grab the worm, it turns into a person. I don't, you know what? Actually, at the end of my rant that I put in my notes, I wrote, whatever. Who even cares? <laughs> who cares why they're worms? Who cares? You saved. Yeah, you, I have. At least you know, like one, you're not crazy. Two, it now explains like s- somewhat, very lightly explains what happened to the crew members. They all became worms in the transporter or some shit, and like you have to go in there and grab them and pull them out. Thank God he had some courage and some guts to do that because I would have been like, "There's worms in there, decontaminate, whatever." Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Like I wouldn't have grabbed it. Yeah, there's no explanation for why there are worms. There's no explanation for why he grabbed the worms. Um, they do explain <laughs> that because the explosion like suddenly knocked them back in through the transporter um, beam, and their patterns got like stuck in the transporter. They got trapped. Yeah. Which is good because usually you're you die because that's what Reg was tar- scared of, right? Is that if yep. you're in there for too long, you die. But yep. this crew has been in for days. They have been in for days and as worms, yeah, as worms, and they're fine. So all's well that ends well. Yeah, those have no explanations and they don't make any sense. But overall, <laughs> it I really think doesn't other than the worm, the fact that they're worms, which is dumb. Um, I really like this episode. Like, I really like all the technology. I really like the energy matter microbes. I really the like tingling the blue, the I don't tingling blue thing and the tr- like transporter explosion that 
keeps your pattern. It, I mean, I just thought this episode had so many super duper interesting things in it. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It did have a lot of interesting things to it. I think for me, the mystery as to why the crew member were worms, why were they in the transporter? Why did they look like that? Why did he grab them? Like that kind of takes away from the episode for me, but overall the technology you're right is good. Now, as this episode wraps, Chief O'Brien invites Barclay for a drink and 10 forward and introduces him to Christina, his pet tarantula. Why did O'Brien think this was a good idea, Cherise? He near Barkley nearly had a mental breakdown and lived through like some of his most ago. traumatic shit like 15 minutes ago. He's generally a very nervous guy anyway. So why would you spring a pet trench? No, no. Even knowing that this thing doesn't have teeth and can't bite. No. Yeah. Absolutely I feel like, not. I feel like in this episode, O'Brien's like the anti-Troy. Like Troy is really doing all is. the right things and O'Brien's doing all the wrong things <laughs> to totally is. and then he goes i'm gonna get a drink keep an eye on her will you what the fuck do you expect me to do with a tarantula i'm gonna turn that little lid upside down and just put it yep. trap it under the lid yep. until you come back yep. and when you come back i'm gonna take my drink and i'm gonna go to a different table yep. because you sir do not know how to be a friend anyway yep. mm-hmm. so i don't even you're not even a friend anyway so whatever but like <laughs> what am i supposed to do when somebody says keep keep uh keep an eye on my pet rat who's running loose what do you want me to do about yeah. that does yeah. it have a little leash on it or something? I can at least kind of keep it from running away. Like, what do you want me to do? I just, I was like, this is so goddamn stupid. I was so annoyed at O'Brien with that. I was like, buddy, read the room. Like, read the friend, okay? Yeah, hey, you want not- to jump out of a helicopter too while we're at it? Like, what do you... He's not going to win the the friend of the year award, so let's just sure let's just leave it at that. He or, the, or the therapist of the year award. He's not going to be winning he that really either. Won't. He really um, won't. He might win the the transporter chief of the year award though, because he did make the transporters work, and that was very crucial to this episode. So I will say well he done, also sir. was kind of a friendly ear, minus the Christina debacle. He was actually a friendly ear when <laughs> when Barclay was like, "I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind, and I just need to know." And he's like, "Okay, you know what? I understand. I, I'll help you." So I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some trivia. Brandon Braga, who wrote this episode, was a big fan of of the original Twilight Zone. And he wrote the script as an homage to Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, Hmm. which is, for those who haven't seen the episode, is a very iconic Twilight Zone episode that features a very young William Shatner as an airplane passenger who sees a creature outside the aircraft, but nobody believes him. And at the end, you know, he's kind of taken away on a stretcher and going off to, like, the insane asylum. And the the like camera pans at the very very end to see that there is a ton of damage to this airplane wing which only could have been created like so it's like the the goblin that he saw the little creature that he saw was actually real and so brandon braga commented quote i thought it'd be fun to explore the notion that not just everybody loves likes to fly and not everybody likes to transport but also like you replace creature on the wing with Mm -hmm. creature in the transport beam and it's the same story and Mm -hmm. i thought that was actually very Cool. And I personally love the Twilight Zone. And I um, not that long ago watched Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. So it was pretty fresh in my mind. I was like, wow, it, I wouldn't have connected those dots. I thought mm-hmm. it was a lot more like Brandon Braga has a huge fear of flying. So he said, like, everybody was aware of it. It slows everything down. Like when even if you do fly, it's just this whole process I have to do to kind of mm-hmm. be OK with it enough to go and i will tell you like i i've had family members who have deathly like fear of flying and would like white knuckle the entire flight meanwhile i'm like sitting next to the window to watch takeoff and landing to be like oh this is so cool right Mm -hmm. i'm I'm very thankful i don't have fear of flying but i remember this person telling me they can feel all the thirty thousand feet between their feet and the ground Mm, they can feel the distance yeah which is which would be and i'm just like we this is cool you know, so I'm yeah. I'm very I can't thankful. feel the difference. It's, it's all fake to yeah. me. Like the cars seem like little toy cars. Like all mm-hmm. everything just seems like fake, like movie scene. It doesn't seem yeah. real. Yeah, which is what makes yeah. it okay. Um, I would not have connected the dots between those two episodes either. But with you explaining right? it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this totally is that episode. And something that happened on that episode, which to my knowledge does not happen in real life anymore, is that the the uh, flight attendant offered them sleeping pills for the flight. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was like, well, yes, because you guys yes. are nervous here, just take these pills and they'll make you yeah. fall asleep. Let me like, just... <laughs> um, she just had a, ha- a handful of just sleeping pills to just any passenger yeah. who needs it. It's like, man, we don't give you, we barely give you peanuts these days, let yeah. alone 
narcotics. <laughs> and not even and not even that because everybody's got peanut allergies yeah, now. It's exactly. just like check pretzels. It's not even, yeah, or some shit. It's unsalted it's like, ah. ha- healthy pretzels. Yeah. And which is exactly what I want on a flight. I'm like, can I have a can I have like a, a scotch, please? <laughs> I would like six tiny pretzels. That's all I need. <laughs> just enough to make me thirsty and frantically push the button for you to come back to give me water. But at this point, you have turned off the al- the alerts in the back. So now I'm just extremely thirsty and still not sleepy. And, and I can't get water. Yeah. yeah. What what were your overall thoughts on this episode? Um, it was the parts that I didn't like were as bad as I remember, like the worm and the transport yeah. beam. But the technology was great and the amount of like people who are willing to just hear him out and just work through this problem to figure out that there actually was something really there. I thought that part was pretty cool. Like, but again, this feels a little bit like a salad cleanse after all the holiday desserts that we've been having with with these like really, really great episodes. So it's a little bit of that feeling, but also like there's a time and a place for salad, I guess. So like it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. How about you? There is a time and a place for salad. So true. That's our next t-shirt. I really like this episode. I think there's so many cool, so many cool science possibilities talked about in this episode. I mean, from the little handheld defibrillator to the microbes that are both energy and matter. I mean, this is just sci-fi gold to me. I love all of that. Um, And... Reg was not nearly as annoying in this episode as I always remember him being. Like, I remember him being just grating and just like, oh, not this guy. But he didn't feel like that in this episode. I actually had a lot of sympathy for him. Um, And his, his, like, stammering and stuff like that just felt balanced. It felt like, yes, that's the proper amount of stammering for this situation versus what we've seen him. The first time we saw him, we were like, oh, my gosh, dude. Like, just put together a whole sentence. Yeah, Yeah, it felt a little, like over exaggerated but here it just felt it felt legit like when he was terrified i felt it when he mm-hmm. was really anxious i felt it so mm-hmm. i just i think he did a great job and that was probably yeah. the best part like i love the technology but for me the most surprising part of this episode was that i didn't hate reg i didn't despise every minute that i saw his face in this episode at all yeah yeah like a normal crew member <laughs> i love that you say i didn't despite every minute i saw his face <laughs> That's pretty rough, girl. You know, some Usually characters are like I'm that. I'm the asshole. Okay. <laughs> some characters are like that where you're just like, uh, yeah, like Samuel Clemens. Like, just... That was the character where every For moment me, I saw like his Alexander face. too. I'm like, stop <laughs> having a goddamn temper tantrum. Okay. But yes, I get it. Like there are some, but you know what? You're right. Like poor Alexander. He was, he was, oh, who cares about him? But like, <laughs> but usually, you know, Barkley is freaking out when he has to just give a basic report to Riker where you're like, I yes, get it. Exactly. He's your superior. I also feel a great deal of intimidation, like with my boss and stuff, just because of the power imbalance. Yeah. But this one is like, no, he's legitimately freaked out for a real reason. And his anxiety is proportionate to the problem that he's mm-hmm. facing. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. Anyway, next week, we're talking season six, episode three, Man of the People. It's going to be great. Thank you guys so much for listening. I uh, can't wait to break this down with you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.